where three women with names discuss movies that are about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. On today's episode of Paid in Puke, we're revisiting the most traumatic time in a young person's life, (laughs) especially a young girl, with Bo Burnham's 2018 film, Eighth Grade, starring Elsie Fisher and Josh Hamilton. Hey guys, uh, it's Kayla back with another video. So, the topic of today's video is being yourself. Being yourself can be hard, and it's like, aren't I always being myself? And yeah, for sure. But being yourself is like not changing yourself to impress someone else. A lot of people like call me quiet or shy or whatever, but I'm not quiet. Most quiet, Kayla Day. I don't talk a lot at school, but if people talk to me and stuff, they'd find out that I'm like really funny and cool and talkative. By the way, I like your shirt a lot. It's like so cool. What? One more week of eighth grade, huh? Huh? I said one more week of eighth grade, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, huh? Okay, so growing up can be a little bit scary and weird. We will begin to explore these changing bodies of yours. It's gonna be lit. As always, make sure to share and subscribe to my channel, Gucci. I think you're so cool. Maybe you just need to put yourself out there a little. I'm gonna stop eating with you if you keep doing You said I could say one thing. I'm really like nervous all the time. I try really hard not to feel that way. But you just need to face your fears and let people know they're really you. Just because things are happening right now doesn't mean they're always gonna happen. What was in there? Just sort of my hopes and dreams. Right. I was a complete mess when I was your age. Really? Eighth grade is the worst. You never know what's next. And that's what makes things exciting and scary and fun. This was basically a horror movie, I thought. (laughs) There were scenes where I felt my heart racing for her. Like when she's walking up to the pool party. I was just like, this is one of the scariest things I've ever seen depicted in cinema. In eighth grade, that sounds terrifying. Oh my god. <laughs> that she knows the girl's mom invited her to. Like, she knows she wasn't invited. We just opened our pool, and we are going to have our first big summer pool party tomorrow to celebrate Kennedy's birthday. It's going to be so much fun, right, Kennedy? Yep. Ah, oh, you should come. It's going to be a blast. Kennedy will invite you on Facebook. Right, Kennedy? Everyone uses Facebook. Yeah. Anyway, do you think you can come, or? Oh, I mean, uh, 
Maybe. I, I'll try, but, you know, probably not. That, it's so brutal with the invite where she's like, my mom told me I have to invite you, so this is me doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then she would have said no, but then her dad's like, I accept. <laughs> Which is right. so crazy. I will never, ever make my children go to a party they don't want to go to. I'm not going to do that. I'm making that vow right now. <laughs> And then Kennedy's mom, if you want to make your kid invite a kid that they don't like, you don't just make them invite them. Like, you make your kid be nice to them. You know what I mean? I don't know if she's just oblivious or clueless or what, but you haven't done your job if you're just like, oh, invite her, but be a huge bitch to her while she's there. Yeah. Well, she's obviously missed the boat this whole time because... Her daughter is a huge bitch, and that's probably partly her fault. I mean, I don't love to blame parents, but I can't believe she never noticed before that her daughter was mean to people. Like, this should be a problem you're aware of and working on, not something that you're just like, oh, I know how to fix this. I'll make her invite the kid she doesn't like to her birthday party. Right. And I was also triggered, too, by the whole conversation at dinner with her dad being like, you just need to put yourself out there. Like, what is it with parents not understanding that kids are fucking dicks, And it's not your kid's fault if people are mean to them. It's not. Shut up. Hot Probs is on. Oh, shit, yeah. I got an email from Mrs. Graves. It said you're going to go to Kennedy's birthday thing tomorrow? No. Really? Yeah, no. That sounded kind of fun. Kennedy doesn't like me. That can't be true. Cool. Sometimes kids act like they don't like you, but it's really just because they got their own stuff going on and they don't... That was a hot prop for me. The parents never acknowledging middle school sucks. It's like your first introduction into these personas in life. The clickiness and bully behavior. It's like the parents are oblivious to that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would have liked to get some backstory on the parents. Just because, like, so my mom would tell me, you know, you just need to put yourself out there. Have you tried engaging in their, you know, have you tried? And I'm like, yeah, I fucking tried. My mom was very popular in high school. Like, she was really pretty and everyone liked her. She had boys asking her out all the time. She had a totally different high school experience than me. I wonder if, was Josh Hamilton, like, the prom king? Obviously, Kennedy's mom was probably very popular and didn't have these issues. To not be able to put themselves in those shoes. Your kid might not be shy. That might not be the problem. Maybe the reason your kid doesn't fucking speak up is because when they've spoken up, it's been a problem for them. It's not gone well. Yeah. My read on him was that he was just so hapless, kind of. He read to me like he was like a foreigner in a strange land where he doesn't speak the language or know anything. You know, like I felt like he really just did not know what he was doing. For like a man to be raising a middle school girl by himself is already a couple... I don't know what I'm trying to say, but even like how much things have changed in just such a short period of time. Like when he's saying, I think you're like so cool and so neat. The things you do with videos, obviously he means well and he's so sincere, but that kind of thing that, okay, she makes YouTube videos and he thinks that's something so special about her. Whereas to kids her own age, that's so basic. Like anybody can do that, you Mm -hmm. know? I think he just has no clue what her experience is like at all. I almost don't think it even matters what it was like for him in middle school because in kind of a short time it's just a totally different scenario. 
And it's always different for a girl than it would have been for a boy anyway. Yeah, especially like a straight white boy that was probably reasonably handsome. But it's got to be a completely different experience. That's why I said this movie is so specific. There must be something that he's relating to there. But yeah, for like a straight white boy, that's just going to be like night and day in terms of what their days are like. Like Aiden's obliviousness. Aiden is so hilarious. Every time he's on screen, I'm just dying. I love that Aiden basically has theme music. Aiden! is so fucking funny. I just love it. I love when he's looking at himself in the mirror and he has these tiny little boy muscles that he's flexing. It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, he's definitely cute for his age, but it's just so funny how he's feeling himself and he's this scrawny little dude. Yeah, that was perfect casting because he really looks like the kid that everyone thinks is crazy hot in middle school, you know? (laughs) He's pretty normal looking, you know? And then also same with, what is her name, Kayla? The main character. Yeah, Kayla. She's, from an adult perspective, a totally normal looking person. But you can also see why in middle school she'd be sort of outcast, like weird. You can see that other kids would be like, oh, she's so weird. When she is really super normal, you know? Yeah. Well, it's also like the different ways puberty hits you. I've done two of those great conversations classes with Lula. They they switched to Zoom and they're doing little vignettes. So we did two of those puberty classes, and then I watched this movie, but not with Lula. She should watch this movie, I guess, but maybe like a little bit later on. It brought me back to thinking about how puberty really does look so different for everybody, and there are girls who immediately look like women, and then there are girls like Kayla and like I totally was, where you just get kind of round. Your body is changing, but it's not changing in the same way as these other girls who are like suddenly like, they look like little girls, but you're like, what is wrong with me? We're the same age. How can they look like they're ready to go clubbing and I look like this? And then how the girls probably feel the same way. I think they do, because I remember girls being like, why is your body like that? Why do I have these breasts and you have like lumps? What is going on? Why why do you look so weird? And it's totally not anything you can help. (laughs) They don't understand why you're having a different experience either. Right, and also it's just not, I think, in a middle schooler's nature to see that something is value neutral, you know? It's not better or worse that one person has developed earlier and looks their age or what. One thing has to be wrong. It's not like, oh, we're developing differently. It's like, what's wrong with you? Exactly. And you already feel like what's wrong with you. So to hear it from someone else, it just makes you feel so awful. Oh my god. I totally related to her immediately getting in the pool with just her head poking out of the water the whole party. I would have done the same thing and then running off to hide. Oh my god, what a nightmare. What an absolute nightmare. It was a striking difference when she showed up to the pool party of like the popular kids or whatever. She's in the one piece green speedo and then these other girls are wearing bikinis and like it's just a different... I don't know, like more sexualized, I guess. And she's more childlike. It's just an intimidating thing to walk into. I felt that so hard because our middle school was next to a public park that had a pool. And then for PE, towards the end of the school year, they looked at it like this special treat for us. For PE, they took us to the pool. And we would put our bathing suits on and swim for the afternoon. But I dreaded 
going to the pool. And it was like kind of the same, oh, she's going to have to walk into the pool, girls and boys. I felt that so hard. (laughs) Yeah, and everybody there is friends, and she's not really friends with them. She knows they didn't really want her there, at least Kennedy didn't really want her there. It's just walking into a lion's den, you know? (laughs) It's so brutal. But I'm glad she went to the party because she met Gabe, who is the best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that kid so much. He reminded me of a cross between Amy's daughter's friend, Duncan, and Adam Driver. Like, a little <laughs> Adam Driver talking to her at their lunch. It's just so cute. Where she goes over to his house and he's like, well, let me just move this thing. He, like, waves but... in front of her face. Whoops, sorry. I left this out by accident. Sorry, it's so stupid. Uh, no problem. You want to see it? No, wait. No, it's stupid. Sure. Okay. Yeah. What is it? Oh, well, I go to archery camp every summer, and last summer I got five bullseyes in a day, so, you know, they gave me the Sharpshooter of the Week award. That's actually really cool. Eh, not really. It's it's stupid. Um, I think it's really cool, but, yeah. Nah, well, I think it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. My mom was so popular. When she was growing up, she was a cheerleader, and it was like she didn't understand why I wasn't. So I totally related to that when you said that. Yeah, it's weird. And then I always wondered if I was going to have a popular kid, but I don't think I am. Because <laughs> Leela's pretty quirky. I love it. I said quirky. I mean, she's her own person. She definitely, like, doesn't follow the norms or the trends. I'm hoping it's not going to be as hard for her, but I don't think I'm raising a prom queen. This is just, like, a random memory of middle school. It was for Valentine's Day. In elementary school, it's fun to make candies and stuff for all the kids in the class. And my mom still really believed that in middle school, I wanted to do that. And I was like, Mom, I don't want to do this. It was more about her wanting to do that. She and I stayed up really late the night before Valentine's Day making these little gift things. And I had these two huge bags of candy. And I just remember I was standing outside my locker in the hall and I had this whole line of kids I didn't even know. And they were coming up and taking candies out of the bag. I remember a teacher came up and she was like, guys can't do this these are for her friends and i was like no they have them it was just one of those like oh my god i'm going to kill my mom for making me do this but my mom was like how was the candy and i was like it got used up (laughs) you know it's gone (laughs) don't worry about it don't worry about it i got rid of the candy (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Ugh, I just remember Valentine's Day was always obviously so traumatic from middle school on. But in my high school, we had this thing where they sold carnations. The PTA or somebody sold the carnations. You buy the carnations for your friends. They'd have different colored ones, like red men love. If you were seeing somebody, you'd buy a red one. If you liked somebody, you'd buy a pink one. If they were just friends, you'd buy the white ones. You know, all the popular girls had so many bouquets of red and pink ones. And then lots of people had white ones. And then me and my friends were like, well, we're not going to buy carnations for each other. That's dumb. But obviously no one sent us any either. But it was just like a really rough day. Oh, how many carnations did you get? And who sent you these? And who sent you those? And Yeah. Ugh, fuck. <laughs> so many ways to make you feel alienated. School-sponsored ways to make you feel like garbage. 
Thank you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. One of my hot problems was it seemed a little late to be having puberty class. <laughs> They're like at the end of eighth grade. Over the course of these next 30 minutes, we will begin to explore and understand these changing bodies of yours. It's going to be lit. Chapter one. The hair down there. Pretty sure I did that in fifth grade and then we didn't really ever talk about it again until high school when they're like, here's a bunch of diseases you can get if you have sex. Don't have sex. Yeah. <laughs> and those were two classes. And then my other pop prop was just that the specific app mentions kind of dated. Whereas I think this could be a really timeless movie in a lot of ways if they didn't specifically call out apps. Because they're all about Insta, they're like, nobody uses Facebook anymore, but I'm sure in a couple of years no one's going to use Insta. It seems like it's already all about TikTok, and Insta's kind of becoming more for 20-somethings, but what are the kids using, you know what I mean? Right. Those were the two. I was really kind of scraping for hot props. I, I really had no hot props. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, my only hot prop, I want an explanation for a single dad, but then at the end, he did reference when your mom left. I just want to know, did she leave, did she die? A single mom, I don't feel, needs an explanation. Yeah. I could have a child. Well, I mean, I could literally have a child and not even know. A single dad, there was a mom at some point. Somebody gave birth to this child and knew about it. Right. <laughs> but then he did mention it towards the very end. He says something like, after your mom left. Yeah, but that's still not a lot of an explanation. I didn't really give a lot, no. I appreciate that and in the sense that they wouldn't have really probably had to talk about it in depth at that point. <laughs> Like, right. they both know what happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I felt like clearly the story the filmmaker wanted to tell was about a single dad raising a daughter. You know, like, mm -hmm. that was a setup that he wanted for this movie for whatever reason. And then he just threw that line in there just to have it. He didn't really want to tell the story about the mother or what happened or any of that. This is the setup that I want. Throw a line in so that you know there was a mom who left. But yeah, you didn't really need it. He was definitely doing a show-don't-tell situation where their dynamic yeah. spoke volumes. Right. I mean, I appreciate that. It's the same how, you know, when if there's an accidental pregnancy, I don't need the whole big story, but I want one line, like, mm -hmm. kind of broke or I thought it was safe or whatever. I want something acknowledging how they got here, and that was enough for me. If he hadn't ever said anything, that would have been a problem. <laughs> That's a potential hot problem. <laughs> That's a pretty good movie if we're making a hypothetical hot problem. Right. I feel like this movie was pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Bo Burnham. <laughs> Next call. He was such a good dad, too. The scene in the end where he was saying he's just so proud of her, where they're in the backyard burning her old childhood <laughs> capsule, time capsule. Her hopes and dreams. If you grow up to have a daughter like you, she will make you so, so happy. I, being your dad makes me so happy, Kayla. You don't know. I, you don't know how, how happy you make me. It's beyond, and it's, I, I can't describe it it's um it's so easy to to be proud of you it i'm not just saying this hey i swear to god i'm not just saying this beneath all that i am always just so unbelievably happy that i get to be your dad her hopes and dreams yes oh my god that line made me lol <laughs> and his reaction to that like and you're burning them <laughs> Yep. <laughs> what was in there? Nothing really. Um, 
just sort of my hopes and dreams. Right. And you're burying them. Yeah. I liked it when he said in that scene, I just hope that whatever we're doing here is a positive thing, because I feel like that sums up what it's like to parent <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what this is or means. I just hope that whatever we're doing here is a, a positive thing. That's definitely like a parenting mantra. <laughs> I just hope whatever we're doing is good. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was doing a pretty good job. He was definitely not nailing it, but he was kind of doing the best with what he had, which wasn't a lot of guidance. I guess I want to know too why there wasn't like a grandma or like why there was no, it seemed like no family at all helping him. I'm curious about that. It doesn't really matter, but it is just a little bit of a curious situation. But he is doing a good job, for the most part. He's pretty sincere, and I agree he's not nailing it, but it's really hard. And I, I think he just has no idea what to do. I love that scene when she throws a banana <laughs> He's like, I thought you hate bananas. I even wrote it in my app. That's how hard he's trying, that he's keeping a list or has some app of, like, you know, how not to... <laughs> Set your daughter off. Yeah. <laughs> Don't offer her a banana, whatever you do. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> that is someone who's trying pretty hard. That was a great scene, because there's no way in hell she's going to cop to why she's holding a banana. Let <laughs> me to scare you. He didn't. What'd you have to? Nothing. Cool. Hey, you know who I ran into today? Do you remember that guy who... Is that a banana? You're having a banana? Oh, this. I, I was just grabbing a banana. I thought you hated bananas. No. I swear, like a month ago, I asked you if you wanted a banana, and you got all angry at me, and you said, you hate bananas, and I always forget that you hate bananas, and I actually think I wrote a note down about it on my app then, so I wouldn't forget. Uh. I, I don't hate them anymore. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'll just eat it right now. Who cares? Are you sure you like them? Mm-hmm. Honey, you, you don't you don't look like Fine, I don't like bananas, okay? But, but she got busted and he's perplexed and he wants answers. I just really appreciate that scene. It's a very well-written scene. I kind of wish I could have Googled blowjobs back in the day. I had to just ask people and no one really knew. It was yeah. a really long time before I actually knew what a blowjob looked like. I had someone tell me it was literally blowing on somebody's dick. And I was oh like, God. that's what they want me to do. <laughs> I didn't have a good resource for that. <laughs> Maybe there's a legal issue, but it'd be good if someone could put together like a website of non-problematic porn for curious teenagers. <laughs> Either of you remember the writer Cynthia Heimel? I have all her books. She was like a humorous essay writer, and she had a book of essays that was called Sex Tips for Girls. And it mostly wasn't sex tips, but there were a couple. One of them was literally how to give a blowjob. So it was like, nice. handy. I definitely feel like I knew what I was doing because of that. The thing that was really embarrassing was that my copy of it, just even from when I first got it, there was kind of like a crack in the spine. 
And it opened right to that particular essay, How to Give a Pardon. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody picked up that book and looked like, oh, this is the only page she ever reads or something. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're really referencing it a lot. Maybe I want to get the copy of that book and leave it around. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a couple things I want to leave around. Like Portrait of a Teenage Girl, like a little bit later, I'm going to want to leave that around. Yeah, I don't know that. Edith Gluckner, yes. Yeah. yeah. You can leave mine around, but I'm never going to have to give a good blowjob. You don't, you don't need to. <laughs> it's okay. If we have every freeway, I'll handle the blowjob. What? Brugus <laughs> <laughs> just popped in for a second. Yeah, I want to leave that around, because it's kind of about... Well, maybe not. I'll have to reread it. But when I first read it, I wished that it was something I'd read when I was a teenager instead of an adult already. It's a lot about being an internal artistic teenage type with not anybody understanding you and, and also about feeling sexy but not really knowing what to do with that. So it's like post-puberty where you're like, I don't feel super awkward in my body anymore, but I don't know what to do with my body. They made a movie out of it and it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, is that with Kristen Wiig, right? Is the mom in it, yeah. That was on my list I meant to see and then I didn't. But I feel like if I give Lulu things, she'll be less interested than if I just leave them strategically in places when she picks right. them up. Right. Or even they'd be like, oh, don't look at that. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Oh, that's not, that's not for you. <laughs> yeah, the fastest way to get her interested in something is to tell her it's for grown-ups. So she's like, oh, I should tell her that math is for grown-ups. Fractions. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Moby Dick, if you know what I mean. I just really love that whole conversation at dinner. She's on the phone and she's like, you told me I could do what I want on Fridays. And then he's like, I just want to say one thing. And then he ends up saying a couple of things and she goes, that's more than one thing. Dad, it's a Friday. You said I can do whatever I want on Fridays. And right now... Okay, you're right. Okay, I did. All right. Can I say one thing, though? And you go back to your phone. I'll leave you alone. I just want to say one thing. Fine. Okay, but you have to let me finish saying it. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I'm not even... You can't get angry before I finish saying it, otherwise you won't listen. Okay? Fine, just say all it. All right, all right, okay. Okay. Are you going to say I'm it? I'm thinking. <laughs> I think you're so cool. I think you are so... I'm going to stop when eating with hey, you if you I'm keep saying one, You said I can say one thing. Can I say one thing, please? Fine. Thank you. Look, when I was your age, I was not cool like you. You have all these interests and, and your videos and just how you e express yourself in them. It's so, it's just so cool. It's so great. And I just, I just think maybe you just need to put yourself out there a little please bit. Please stop. And I know the kid to school yeah, is not please. great. I'm not saying you have to be best friends with Kennedy Graves. And I know this is going to sound lame. I just think you're a really special person. Dad. And I know it's like, you know, all dads think that. I, I, but I, even if I wasn't your dad, I would still think that. I would. I'm sorry. Dad. I'm sorry. Dad, this, I would. Dad, this is and more just, than one I, thing. It's a, it's a chunk of things. Uh. And I know it's like, Dad, shut up. Dude, shut up. I get it. Please, I get it. But I'm actually not saying this to make you feel bad. I'm saying it to make you feel better. You know what would make me feel better? What? Is if you let me go on my phone. Yeah, I love that. It was just a very, very well-written bit of dialogue between a parent and a tween. I like when she's trying to talk to Aiden and she says, sometimes my phone runs out of batteries too. <laughs> <laughs> just grab my phone, how to charge it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I charge it too. But my, my phone, I... Yeah, sometimes my phone runs on the batteries too. You know where everyone's in there. Oh, that's where everyone is. Okay, uh, I'll go out there in a second. 
Yeah. Yeah, I really fell for her that scene too. Trying to hide, but then your crush walks in the room. Whoa. <laughs> Wasn't ready for that. I do love Aiden's face right after she tells him she's good at blowjobs. <laughs> He does kind of look at Don Knotts. I love a Don Knotts overacting. Woo! Uh, to answer your question, I, I, I do, and I'm like really good at them. <laughs> when the guy is getting a blowjob and he makes a Don Knotts face. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that whole scene when they're hiding under their desks because it's like an active shooter simulation and Aiden's just like that wouldn't be hiding under a desk I'd go fuck the guy up or something I like that I feel like I knew a lot of those guys in middle school you ever think there'd be a real shooting here? I would same um like why do you wish there was one? cause I'd fuck him up take his gun elbow him right in the jaw lay him out I wouldn't be a pussy and sin under my desk. <laughs> yeah, he, he'd fuck him up. He'd be like totally screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just stop being like that ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of adult guys that still think like, just get me in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love the night before she goes to shadow at the high school and she's praying. Dear God, tomorrow is... <clears throat> Tomorrow is a really, really important day for me, and I really need it. I really need you to make it a good day. I mean, I understand that every day can't be like a great day, um, but I really need tomorrow to be a good one. I mean, even if you give me a ton of like really bad days in the future or something, um, just as long as tomorrow can be a really good day. something big was supposed to happen. All this needs to go well for me. I love that she ends that prayer. Love, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> I went through some of my diaries recently and I was always apologizing to my diary. Like, dear diary, I'm so sorry I haven't written to you in so long. I've just been so busy. Like I was writing to a person. I was so apologetic. <laughs> oh no. It just reminded me of being so earnest and really wanting something to go well. Yeah, I totally related to that too. I remember bargaining. <laughs> yeah, the bargaining. Especially the part where she's like, even if you want to punish me a little bit after this, just let this one thing go <laughs> right. well. I know, and I feel like I was already pretty agnostic at that point. It's just things were so shitty. It was like unwilling to try anything to make it not yeah. shitty. Hedging my bets here. <laughs> I love the Olivia high school girl. When she's talking on the phone to Olivia, she gets invited to go hang out with them. Her reaction is just so like, oh my god, be cool, be cool. Yeah, I mean, totally. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like, screw this girl. They're just, like, trying so hard to be cool. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> no, I hate you. Don't stress about that stuff. Okay, I'll, I'll try not to. You no, know, eighth grade is the worst. I was, like, a complete mess. Really? Yes, oh my god, yes! Wow, I mean... Wow. Uh, hey, sorry about that. Uh, I I have, like, really, really bad reception at my house. Um, 
but if it's still cool if I hang out. Oh, okay, okay, cool, 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 awesome, great, okay, uh, yeah, uh, just, okay, yeah, okay, see ya, okay, bye. I'll meet you at the mall. I remember going to hang out with my friend Nora at the mall, and we would meet this other guy, Eddie, and I was just like, oh my god, we're going to the mall. Hanging out at the mall was the coolest thing for me, for some reason, in middle school. We met boys there, and I thought that was so cool. Were you meeting up with boys, or you were just like, there's some cute boys, let's talk to them? No, we were meeting boys at our school. Okay, so it was a planned thing to meet up with boys. Yeah, kind of a planned thing, but I wasn't really friends with them, but my friend Nora was sort of in that group, and the fact that I got invited to go... I was a very shy kid, and to be in that different hanging out with boys... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of your first taste of independence. Like, I remember wanting to go to the mall, too. Now, I there's so many things I'd rather do than go to the mall. Right. <laughs> Get a colonoscopy. <laughs> that was, like, the only place I could go where my parents would drop me off and come get me later. I could pretend that I was kind of a grown-up and carry a purse around, and if I had a little bit of money, I could buy some singles or something or a pretzel. <laughs> Orange Julius. Oh, I loved Orange Julius. Yeah. And hang out, maybe see some cute guys. It was pretty awesome. And it's funny to think that they still do that. Malls seem like they're dying, but this movie was made 2018. So, I don't know, I guess malls are still alive and well for the middle school and early high school yeah, set. I mean, probably, because there's still not really that much you can do when you're young to go out. It's true. Out in the food court. Jessica, did you notice that... Olivia had a dare shirt. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh, that was a very funny detail. <laughs> I still have my dare shirt from, I guess it was fifth grade, sixth grade, but it still fits me because it was way too big back then. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a skirt made out of it. Yeah, that's a good idea because it's pretty raggedy. I wear it to paint, which doesn't <laughs> happen very often. Like to paint the house, not paint for art. I just love the way that Kayla talks. I feel like it's so real, accurate to a 13-year-old girl. When she's getting a ride home from the mall and she's like, I was just like sitting there or whatever, watching you guys eat. And all I was thinking was, you guys are just so cool. I just loved that line so much. Yeah. Apparently the actress, Elsie Fisher, was a little bit of a consultant on the script. Like she was a veracity consultant. <laughs> <laughs> she changed a couple things. Originally, there were a lot of Facebook references, and she was the one who told Bo Burnham nobody uses Facebook anymore. <laughs> so he no, put that line in of nobody uses Facebook anymore, and he's like, well, what do they use? She helped with that. And then she also was the one who came up with the Gucci thing, because that's something that she said. Why <laughs> Gucci? <laughs> yeah, and she couldn't really explain it. She was just like, yeah. it's just something you say when something's good. It's Gucci. 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 And he said all the older crew members were walking around saying, is this Gucci? Is this Gucci or not? <laughs> How's the shot set up? Is it Gucci? One line I liked a lot. I wish I had written the whole thing, but she's talking about how it always feels like before you get on a roller coaster. She says, I never get the feeling of after you ride the roller coaster. Like, I could be doing nothing, and I'm just nervous. It's like, um... It's like I could, I'm waiting in line for like a roller coaster and that stupid like butterflies in your stomach feeling you get like, I get that all the time and then I never get the feeling of after you ride the roller coaster. This anxiety 
and anticipation that's just terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Everything is horrifying. I really love when she looks in her closet after she accepts the invitation to go to the mall that she looks in her closet and just sits on her bed and says, oh, fuck. <laughs> I really know that feel. I still know that feeling sometimes where it's like trying to find the right thing and I stayed up all night trying to close it on our own. Yeah, that's a really relatable moment. I really like when her dad's trying to talk to her in the car and she's like, stop talking to me, basically. And then she's like, just be quiet and drive and don't be weird and sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she says, can you not look like that, please? And it's like, like what? Like the way that you're looking. <laughs> can you not look like that, please? Like what? Just like the way you're looking. Looking at the road? You can look at the road, Dad. I obviously didn't mean that. Just like, don't be weird and quiet while you do it. Sorry. Hey, how was the shadow? No, thing? you were being quiet, which is fine. Just like, don't be weird and quiet. Cause like, I look over at you and I think you're about to drive us into a tree or something, and then I get really freaked out and then I can't text my friends. So just like, be quiet and drive, and don't look weird and sad. Please. I know how you could just annoy your child by existing. <laughs> I know it's like stop talking, but also stop being all quiet like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're still speaking volumes with your face. I like when Olivia's friends are telling her she's being like I don't remember how they phrase it, but they're like stop talking to me like that, and she's like this is an adult tone. I'm using an adult tone. Oh right, that's when he says she's yelling. <laughs> What's funny about that, Riley? I don't know. Just the way he said it. How did he say it? <laughs> what? Why am I being yelled at? This is yelling to you? No, this is an adult tone. This is the volume that adults use. Not that quiet little mouse shit that you do. I don't okay, understand why yo. you can't just speak up for yourself. I liked a lot of things in that conversation. It really showed how different middle school and high school are. The way the high schoolers talk to each other is so different from how the middle schoolers are. And I thought it was really funny when the kid said, every single school has a dead kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, I'm just making a fun point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. What a fun point. <laughs> right. People get to high school and they're trying it out. Like, what do adults talk about or to expand kind of their thinking? Right, having a philosophical conversation. I'm thinking outside the box now. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you got Snapchat? She's like fifth grade. He's like, see what I mean? She's wired differently than us. The big ideas. <laughs> yeah. Like their awareness is spreading that they're not just thinking about themselves anymore. Right. They're thinking sort of more existentially. Exactly. And that was kind of an interesting conversation, I guess. I mean, because there really is a big difference, like you're saying, between they're four years apart, but that's everything at that age. Now it's nothing, but when you're that age, it's night and day in terms of what your experience is and your interests. It's kind of amazing how fast you grow and change every year. I mean, I guess that's true for a good long while. There's a really stark difference in just a short time, right around that age. Another horror movie moment for me was when they were taking the picture at the pool party and she's trying to hide in the back and the mom's like, I can't see you, come up front. Oh God. That happened to me a lot because I was short and I was always trying to hide and everyone was always like, be front and center. <laughs> no, please. Okay. Uh, wait, Kayla, I can't see you, sweetie. Come up front. There you go. 
Okay, and cheese! Cheese! Yay! Like winning the most quiet. Oh, yes! Mm -hmm. I'm how is that a superlative? I don't The class superlative. That. Congratulations, superlative winners. So, after you get your um, photos taken, I want you to report to fifth period class. So, let's see. We'll start with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Best Eyes, Aiden uh, Wilson Carter and Kennedy Graves. Good job. I just recently yeah. revisited the class superlatives for my senior poll because everyone's posting all the senior pictures on Facebook. And I've forgotten that I won two class superlatives. Oh. <laughs> I right. won, what was it, first to leave or last to come back? I can't remember which of like the school, basically. Like, person who's never going to go to any of the reunions, basically. Right. And that Fair. is true. <laughs> never fucking come back to that school. And the other thing I won was worst dressed. I, yeah, yeah but that wasn't as bad as the category for weirdest which one of my good friends one of my only friends i had like three friends and one of them won weirdest i'm sure i was in the running but it's well, so fucked up that they had, and then of course they had like prettiest like the best eyes they definitely had like best looking and most artistic was kind of funny because it was two of the most popular kids like are you sure they're the most artistic or do you just like them the best it's super weird. All the positive ones were people who were really popular, and all the negative ones were people who were losers. Aww. That shouldn't be a thing. I can't believe they still fucking do that. I love the shots of her watching all the videos with her reflection in the screen. Yeah. I think that's a really great montage with the Enya. Losing hours on Tumblr and Instagram. <laughs> or, you know, like, it, it seemed very accurate to the teenage experience, like, being on the phone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess and that's when she their... talks to Kennedy and her friend, and Kennedy and her friend don't even look up from their phones. So, thanks for inviting me to your party. Uh, no problem. By the way, I like your shirt a lot. It's, like, so cool. Also, you know, I, I like, um, I wrote this, like, letter for you and whatever. Uh, so if you want to have it, it's, like, a thank you. Oh, uh, hey, Steph. <laughs> what? Hey. Hi. Hey, well, uh, thanks for talking to me, you guys. Um, catch you later. <laughs> I was glad that she actually spoke her mind in the end. I was like, yes, go Kayla. And you're always mean to me, and I know I'm, like, a good person because I'm always nice to you, and you're just... And also that card game I got you is like a really fun version of Go Fish or whatever and you'd actually know if you played it instead of trying to be cool all the time. I don't it's it's like dumb or whatever, but you know, it's dumb in a way that's fun to play when it's raining outside. And you know that if you stop trying to be cool all the time. Opening a presents in front of everybody and everyone fawning over the gifts from her friends and then the crickets when they open her present. Oh my god. It's so excruciating. That whole party was Except for the Gabe parts. <laughs> Absolutely excruciating. Yeah. Okay, the water's not calm enough. <laughs> yes. First, I swam all the way across the pool underwater. <laughs> and then he's like, how long can you hold your breath underwater? He's so funny. Wait. Yeah, all the way. What? I swam all the way across the pool underwater. Cool. Yeah, you know, I could have went further if I wanted to, too, but whatever. Want to see me do a handstand? Yeah, too many people in the pool, you know, I can't do it for once, the water's still. So. I'm gonna try again. Yeah, the water's not caught enough. You wanna do a breath holding contest? 
I do like the exchange of her dad saying, you're going to be in high school, how did that happen? And I love the way she delivers the line, I don't know. I said one more week of eighth grade, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, huh? I can't believe you're gonna be in high school. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? I don't know. Why are you bothering me with this stupid question? I'm sure it's something he said a bunch too, because that's just something parents do say, you can't fucking help yourself, because it's crazy how fast the time goes, where you're like, you used to be a little baby, and now you're doing this. I'm sure the kids get tired of hearing us say that. By the time they're in eighth grade, I'm sure they're gonna be like, Stop talking to me. <laughs> I don't want to hear from you anymore. Yeah, I like her dressing down the girls at the end, even though it's not the best burn. She could have maybe rehearsed it a little bit better, but I do like that she did that, because that's yeah. something I always wanted to do and never had the balls to do. Yeah. It's just to be like, why are you like this? If I were forced to go back, that's what I would do. I'd tell more people to fuck off, I think. Although I don't think it registers with them at all. I don't think they're like, oh, we're going to think about yeah. this. Right. <laughs> they're probably just like... <laughs> It absolutely doesn't, but that's not the point. I just wish that I'd said something even though it wouldn't have made any difference. My life still would have been the exact same, but at least I wouldn't have just sat there and taken it. I hope I've instilled in Lula enough that she can tell people to fuck off whenever she feels the need. Yeah. I do really like the band rehearsal scene where she's got the symbols. As someone who's not very musically inclined, I really felt that too. Like. You're gonna play the cymbals or the triangle. You can still participate. And also just how bad everybody sounded. I liked that it was very realistic middle school band rehearsal where it just sounded awful. timeless like that's the only reason again why the apps kind of bothered me is because there were things that were so timeless one kid is like stacking markers kids always do that they always stack markers up and then that other kid at the pool party who flipped his eyelids inside out oh yeah there's always a kid flipping his eyelids inside out i just love that those things are just always gonna happen <laughs> yeah or what should we talk about scene in the car with the guy i guess we should but oh I don't, like, want to, but I also feel like we should. Yeah. yeah. It was so hard to watch. I'm a person who likes to watch horror movies. These are the sorts of things that really keep me up at night. The first time I saw this movie, I watched it with Lucy. Uh, like, I did not know what right. was going to It could have turned out worse than it did, but that was so uncomfortable. And... So much happens in that scene, especially how first the friend Olivia, when she's like, oh, no, no, drop her off first. I feel like she is kind of looking out for Caleb. I think, mm -hmm. like, she gets, you don't want to be alone in the car with this guy that you don't even know. And then he's like, oh, but there are more on the way or something. And Caleb's like, yeah, it's fine, you know. And it's disappointing that she doesn't insist, but then also, this 
this is her friend. She doesn't think that her friend is going to do something. She probably was just thinking, drop Kayla off first because she might be uncomfortable riding in a car alone with you because she doesn't know you. Kayla says, oh no, it's fine. She doesn't know that she should insist. And also, I think she's coming at it from a different perspective, too, because she spends so much time being like, you're so cool, you're so cute. She's like, this is a cute little girl. So it just really probably doesn't occur to her at all that something could happen to her like that. <sighs> but then it does. Because the guy is her friend. Right. Like if it were just a cab driver or something. Because it's someone that she thinks she knows, she concedes. Ugh, it's so awful. Very glad that it didn't get worse. Yeah. yeah. Very upsetting. I mean, that's what Me Too is, right? It's like, that's the kind of shit we're talking about. It's not rape, but it's scary as fuck, and it shouldn't have happened, and it's traumatizing. I could take my shirt off. I mean, that's stupid, though. Is that stupid? Uh, no. No? no. That, that's fine. Fuck, I feel like a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, Is no. it fine if I take my shirt off? Yeah? Okay, uh, I don't know. Alright. Gotta do it. Truth or dare? Uh. Uh, uh, truth. You're no fun. Uh, sorry. Uh, okay, well. Dare. Take your shirt off. Uh, I'm not, like, s super comfortable with that. Well, do you think I'm comfortable right now? <laughs> uh, 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 Calm down, know. relax. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Come on. Take your shirt off. No! Sorry. <laughs> and I think it's something that guys don't always get. Everybody's got experiences like this. I think every guy knows that they have a line that they're not gonna cross. Like, he knows that he's not gonna physically attack her. He's crossing lines, but that he knows there's things he wouldn't do. They do things that make you so uncomfortable, but you're just supposed to know there's things they would never do. You know, like, I think that guy would be surprised to hear later how scared she was of him. Whenever the Aziz Ansari thing happened and I stood up to this guy that I dated forever ago and he wouldn't let me out of his apartment. He was like physically holding, holding my wrist, like not wanting me to leave. And then finally obviously did leave, but he was truly shocked the next day to hear that was scary to me. In his mind, there's things he would never do, so why would I think he would, you know, like, mm -hmm. I think that's a true disconnect with guys is that they have lines that they would never cross. And they assume you know that about them. And like, why would you? <laughs> you know? Whereas women then, assume that there's no line a man won't cross. <laughs> right. So that scene is so uncomfortable. Then I think she handles it the best that you can expect when she just says, okay, I'm not super comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. it kills me that she's apologizing to you. Oh, yeah. That was Yeah, really he's so say. angry with her. He's like, I'm just trying to... Like he was doing her a favor. Yeah. yeah. You know what to do when you're in high school. And then she's like, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop saying you're sorry. I said it was fine, dude, okay? So stop saying that, okay? You know, and now you're going to have your first hookup with some asshole at a party. And you're not going to be good at it. And he's going to tell all his friends about it. And you're going to get made fun of and feel like shit. Do you want that? No. This was about you. Okay, I'm, I'm trying... I was trying to help you, okay? I know. I really appreciate it. I just... I... I... I sorry. I mean... I, it was just... 
it was a lot at once, you know, I, I don't know, I just, I, I didn't want to do that right now. The fact that he's just so indignant that she wouldn't take her shirt off. It's funny too how those guys are always like, I'm a nice guy, I'm being a nice guy, not every guy would be as nice as me. Right. <laughs> if this is a nice guy, then maybe I don't really want to have anything to do with guys. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I think they'll talk about how nice they are. Yeah. It's I'm true. <laughs> it's very true. I'm pretty sure that no man I consider nice has ever said, I'm a really nice guy. Because he doesn't right. need to. <laughs> Women just don't want the nice guy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ugh. All right, well, it feels like the only palate cleanser for talking about that scene is the lunchtime poll, which is a really fun lunchtime poll. So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. We talked about taking it to a dark place, but we were like, fuck it, this episode's going to be so dark anyway. <laughs> Let's try to do... Christina had the best idea. Christina, I fucking love this idea. I'm so excited about it. Christina remembered that there was one fun thing about middle school, and that was the game MASH. <laughs> it's a great game. Yeah, it was great. I played it all the time. <laughs> Constantly. I mean, I was a horny kid, so I'm sitting there, like, daydreaming about who I'm gonna get with. So what we did was we wrote three choices for each category, and then we had another person pick a bad fourth choice, and that person did the mash. I feel like people know what mash is, but mash is a game that middle school girls and maybe some boys play where you are kind of telling your fortune. Mash stands for mansion, apartment, shack house, and then the compulsory categories are who you're gonna marry, how many kids you're gonna have. There's like four main ones usually. Definitely the first compulsory one is who you're going to marry and how many kids you're going to have. And then the rest of it is kind of like, sometimes I remember we played epic games where we put in all kinds of shit, but we chose to do where you're going to honeymoon, what job you're going to have, what city you're going to live in, and what kind of pet you're going to have. So I figure we'll take turns reading each other's. We haven't revealed, for the most part, we haven't revealed <laughs> what the results are. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be a surprise for the most part. I'll go first. I did Amy's. So Amy's choice for future spouse are Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington, fantasy football guy. We're using euphemisms for a couple because they're people we sort of know. I gotta stress I barely know this guy, but he puts the fantasy in fantasy football. Woo! And she's not talking about manticores. Schmarschen. <laughs> Thinly veiled nickname for the guy she has a crush on. He was a very crushable, very crushworthy dude. If you know this guy, you have a crush on him. I think that's true. If you know him, you have a crush on him. Even if you're not into dudes, usually, I think that's very true. He's the complete package. And I don't know this guy. I need to get a crush on him. You do. Yeah, if-, <laughs> <laughs> if we ever have parties again, we'll have one and introduce you. <laughs> And my bad choice that I picked for you is Zach Braff. <laughs> but the good news is you're going to marry fantasy football guy. <laughs> Don't even have to change my name. Yeah. No. <laughs> you could be Amy fantasy football guy. Your honeymoon choices were the beach, Venice, not Venice Beach, I assume, <laughs> Australia. And then my bad choice I picked for you was Seymour, Indiana. Which is a terrible place that I've been. It's the town that John Mellencamp is from. It's his oh. small town that he loves so much. It is not fun there. You can't buy beer on Sundays. Anyway, oh. you're not going there. You're going to the beach. Woo! Yay! 
you guys could have had zero kids, nine kids, two kids, or triplets, but you're having zero kids. <laughs> yeah, all right. I already got kids, so that's perfect. I think that fits for him, too. I think so. Your job choices were ghostwriter, bakery owner, so you could be one of those cute ladies in a rom-com that is, <laughs> like, baking when you're sad. Uh, the bad job I put in for you is hedge fund manager. <laughs> and TV producer. And you're going to be a ghostwriter. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> Most of these were good for you. Your pet choices were a rat. That was a, one of the good choices, by the way. Yeah. Rats are awesome. For people listening who don't know the rats are awesome pets, they are. A cat. The bad choice I picked for you is the dog from Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> And an oxalotl. And you're having rats. Which Yay! I also think fantasy football guy would approve of. And this was the one that didn't go super well. What city you're going to live in? Your choices were Seattle, Portland, and I put in Puyallup for you. And the Jersey Shore. And you're going to move to Puyallup. You're doing the Puyallup. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. But the good news is, you guys are going to be able to afford a mansion in Puyallup. <laughs> so fantasy football guy, honeymoon Venice Beach, to recap. Zero kids, ghost writer, rat, Puyallup. Match. Nice. <laughs> That's working out pretty well. <laughs> like, I can do a Puyallup. <laughs> Christina, do you want to do Jessica or should I do Christina? Oh, I want to hear mine. Well, I know mine, but I just, I love to hear But I didn't tell you the bad options I added. Okay, I didn't pick two bad things for you, but Christina's potential husbands that she picked were Bill Hader, Jack White, and Clive Owen. And then for a fourth, I gave her Michael Shannon. I know she doesn't hate her kids. Christina picked zero or twins or triplets. And for the bad option, I gave her the giant baby from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> She picked Chinchilla, a Siamese cat, Corgis, and I gave this the option Murder Hornets. Oh. <laughs> really topical. Very topical. <laughs> yeah. I saw a picture of those. For honeymoon, she had Paris, Hawaii, Tahiti. I threw in Linwood. <laughs> Sorry for all the shade on the Seattle suburb cities. Job, dog shower, breeder. Editor of Vogue, which I think is fantastic. An Instagram influencer. And I added Alex Jones' personal assistant. Oh. City, she picked Seattle, New York City, LA. I had a really hard time coming up with a bad one because I felt like any bad city I picked, like I was being elitist or something. So for bad city, I picked San Francisco because mm. it's so hard to live there. It's so okay. expensive. You wouldn't have any money left. <laughs> so how Christina ended up, she got the mansion with Peter, and they have twins, and they have pet corgis. Strangely, they honeymoon in Linwood. <laughs> that uh, <is> strange. <laughs> And Christina is based out of L.A. in her job as Instagram influencer. Oh, Yay. awesome. I, that pretty well. I yeah, love that I for you. I just thought that would be a great job because it doesn't have a lot of labor involved. You just be yourself and wait for the money to roll in. Yeah, just 
Boom, followers. Okay, so for Jessica's, your husband options would be Chris Brugos, your husband, Jason Momoa, Janelle Monet, and I just put like a random old white guy in there. I put Ray Liotta as, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I just like the wild card bad option. Yeah, I wouldn't love that. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I've just seen a lot of Chantix commercials lately or something. <laughs> so you'll be very pleased to know that you and Janelle Monet Ooh. were married. I and then pleased. you went to honeymoon in New Zealand. Oh, sweet. You could have honeymooned in either London, the Amalfi Coast, or Gary, Indiana, but... <laughs> one out. A lot of Indiana shade too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You guys went on to have eight kids. Wow. wow. I assume some of them are adopted. Not two, but eight kids. There's two uteruses there. So. At least we can take turns doing that and we can adopt some, yeah. For pets, the options were Norwegian forest cat, rats, goat, or a tarantula. <laughs> um, but you guys have a Norwegian forest cat. Yay! <laughs> and you live in Orange County. You are Justin Bieber's publicist. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> the Oxenlure film director. I love Clickhole Editor. That sounds awesome. Social Justice Warrior. But yeah, you are Justin Bieber's publicist. <laughs> That's really rough. He doesn't know how to get a burrito. <laughs> Recently yeah. learned. That cracked me up. Did you guys see that picture? No, I don't know about it. It was like somebody tell Justin Bieber how to eat a burrito and he's eating it from the side. <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now. It defies all logic. I mean, Lula ate a burrito like that when she was two, but she right. figured it out pretty quickly when everything fell out onto her. <laughs> this is a full-grown man, allegedly. <laughs> You'll be very busy with that job. <laughs> yeah, I will. It's a lot of help. <laughs> wow. That's pretty weird. It's weird. It's very weird. <laughs> Maybe they don't have burritos in Canada? He's been here for a while. <laughs> Apparently he goes to Suncadia a lot. Really? Um, he's been seen in Roslyn. He has some sort of religious advisor here or some church guy. I think he's like a church dude. Oh, yeah, because he's married to one of the Baldwin daughters. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think it's Stephen Baldwin's. Yeah, he's the conservative born again one. It's pretty funny to be the black sheep of the Baldwin family. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's a lot. Oh, very. Well, that was really fun. You should try to do more outside-the-box lunch samples. I want to see more Bo Burnham. I guess he's a stand-up comedian. I saw him in The Big Sick. He directed that. I've never actually seen his stand-up before, but now I want to seek it out. Yeah, I didn't really know him at all. I saw The Big Sick. That's about all I knew. I thought it was pretty good. You didn't like it? I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't? Okay. I was going to just say how much I loved the score in general. I really thought that was very fitting. You know, it was... Seems like a little bit of a retro sound, the electronic, but and I guess that kind of stuff is coming back too. So Bro Burnham was born in 1990. <laughs> I, had to, I had to look that up because I was just wondering what his relation to middle school was. So I'm having a really hard time wrapping my mind around what his reference points are. <laughs> what does that mean? He's a young, young dude. Yeah, even thinking about what middle school was like in like 2012. 
Maybe he was using MySpace or something. I feel like MySpace was over by 2012. Maybe not. I don't remember. His people were on Facebook by then. But I guess that explains why he thought in the script that was his reference point and she was like, that's over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he was like among the first non-college kids to be on Facebook probably. Right. Oh God, Friendster. I remember I used that after college. Yeah, that did not make it. (laughs) It's funny to think about those social media things that were, and Facebook will probably be like that one day. Although it's, no, maybe not. Because Facebook definitely influences elections and stuff. Friendster never did that. It's funny to think about things that everyone was super into for a short amount of time and then kind of forgot about. Yeah. Like, I don't think I ever closed my Friendster account down. I don't know, it's probably still out there somewhere. Yeah. I guess nothing really disappears on the internet, they say. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. Alright, so what do you want to do for next week? Should we do Reality Bites? Maybe we should do. Yeah, let's do Reality Bites. Yeah, that let's sounds fun. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod or join us on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.